Hi, and welcome to a Novel Ending Podcast. We're your hosts, Joanna and Kat. We chat about all things revisions, the fun stuff, the not-so-fun stuff, and the seriously, I've written like 10 novels now, why doesn't this get any easier stuff? Join us while we share our enthusiasm and tips to help you tackle your next draft before it tackles you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a Novel Ending Podcast. Welcome back to a Novel Ending Podcast. We've been on hiatus for a little bit. Kat had a baby, I think, since last time we... I did. Talk this is to everyone. the first episode I am not pregnant that we recorded. <laughs> so today we're starting a nano series. And for those of you who don't know what NaNoWriMo is, it is National Novel Writing Month, which takes place in November. And the point of NaNoWriMo is to fast draft a book, a story, a novel. So You start on the first, and by the end of the month, you hope that you have a whole book written, no matter how rough it is. So today, our first nano series episode, we'll be talking about narrowing down your ideas. So whether you're going to participate in NaNoWriMo or not, um, this will just help you if you're going to be writing a new book or starting a new project and you have too many ideas in your head and you don't know how to pick one. So we'll talk about how to pick your next best idea. But first, we have our question of the day. Would you rather have so many ideas you felt like you literally will not have enough time to write them all or have only the one idea in mind at a time, unsure if you'll be able to come up with another idea? I think both of these things give me just a little bit of anxiety. Yes. (laughs) So what's the lesser of two evils? Do you have a quick answer for this one? I think... I would rather have so many ideas. And I do think I just naturally am an idea person. So Mm -hmm. I I do sort of fall into that. And it can be just a stifling when you have so many to pick from, which we'll kind of be chatting a little bit about in this episode. But if I didn't have any ideas, like just the one I was working on, like I feel like I put so much pressure on that story to be Mm. wonderful and would be in the back of my mind, just freaking out. I did not think about that aspect of it. I think that my anxiety for only having the, well, I think it would be kind of lovely to just have one idea in mind and not feel like your attention is pulled in too many directions when you see things or like you want to work on something else. So I kind of like the idea of having just the one in mind. But I think that for me, that anxiety would come in feeling like, what if I never have another idea? Not that I have to make this book like the best thing in the whole, I mean, you want to do that anyway, but just, will I be okay not writing after this if I don't come up with another good idea? So you're choosing the only one in mind at a time? Um, I think I tend to be, I have too many ideas and that gives me like, I feel like there's not enough time to write them all. Oh. And so- Mm -hmm. I want to do them all at once. And that every day makes me feel like, <laughs> when am I going to do this next idea? Or am I working so, on yeah, the right So yeah, I will just go ahead and pick one, one at a time. Yeah. So how would you say, what's, what's an angle, Kat, that you would say to think about as far as narrowing down your ideas and picking one out of the pile? Well, I think a good first step just to tackle this problem in general is just getting all the ideas out of your head onto a document or piece of paper or something. Because I think 
your head sometimes just like jumbles things together a little bit too much and you can't focus on one. Whereas if you like have them all down on a piece of paper, you can actually kind of more logically look at them. Do you like write all your ideas down I or have, do you keep them? As, no, as I have them, I write them down. Okay. But yes, definitely putting them down or gathering them in one place. And I think the other thing you can do first off with that is see if any would work together. Mm. Not that I think it's a good idea to have too many things happening, like, you know, smashing together 10 different ideas in a book or five even is probably too many because once you get developing the story, you're going to have other tendrils that you're going to have to deal with. But maybe there's two ideas that would work together and make it a more robust idea to get working on and give you more meat kind of to chew on while you're working. So one of the things that is controversial, I think, is looking at what's happening in movies and pop culture that you could catch a trend or guess at a coming trend. You know, in the traditional publishing world, I feel like you're not supposed to write to a trend because publishing is too slow. But I think in the independently published world, that can definitely be a bonus for you if you can get a story out fast enough to catch a trend or foresee something coming. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I would say if you do independent publishing or self-publishing, or if you just write just because you love to write and you know you don't necessarily need to get your books out in the world. Yeah, like doing something that's hot right now, or even just like a genre that's hot. Well, I guess that's kind of what we're talking about. I think genres last longer though too. Yeah. So like when I think genre, or I guess when I think of like a trend that's hot, I think vampire books or but when I think of a genre more it's like oh there's a like rise in horror books like that's kind of the difference and Mm -hmm. yes so I think genre trends last a little bit longer than like specific Mm -hmm. topic trends so yeah yeah it's definitely a good you know thing to keep trends in mind the only reason I shy away from them is because I am interested in traditional publishing and like Joanna mentioned traditional publishing just takes so long so by the time you have a polished book after the trend. Most editors have already have all of those on their lists. The book that I got my agent with is middle grade about a super villain. So kind of like Despicable Me, but middle grade. And we went on and sub with that. Ultimately, it did not sell because pretty much every editor came back and said, we love this, but we just bought a super villain book or we have all these other on our list or things like that. So I definitely learned a lesson in writing a book in a super saturated category already. And I don't regret it, but that book isn't probably going to go anywhere. Well, maybe what we should be saying is that you could look at what's not trending and write that because perhaps it will be trending by the time you actually get it out in the traditionally published world. So if you look at what's trending and you cross those out and you see what you have left that is something that maybe people don't have or they'll be looking for by the time you're done writing it. Yeah, and trends do ebb and flow and come back around. Right. So if the idea that's kind of popping to the top of your mind, if it is really trendy, but it's what you're really passionate about, go ahead and write it. Right. Well, I think that if you have an idea that you're just 100% excited about and the rest of them you're 10% excited about, then you don't even need to listen to this episode. (laughs) Then just write, (laughs) write the book that won't leave you alone. But if you don't have a book that won't leave you alone, 
like how to sort through what your next best idea is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think too, you can think about a theme that you're currently feeling passionate about. Um, Sometimes society or the world bring up abstract ideas that bother us more than other times in our lives. And if there's something that's really been bugging you, you know, starting a book based off a theme or writing down some themes that you'd like to write and then seeing what of your ideas might match that theme can help you pick something. To go along with that, a genre that you are currently passionate about or you're really enjoying reading or like watching shows that fall in this genre, if it's like crime mysteries or something like that, that could be a good indicator of if you have an idea that falls in that genre and you're just really, you know, it excites you, maybe lean towards that idea. That gives you some good comp titles right away too. You don't have to go searching for them after the fact Mm -hmm. because you can jot them down as you're enjoying the genre. I think too, like with themes and genres, and maybe this is more like theme, but if there's an emotion that you're currently struggling with or a life event that you're struggling with, your child going off to college or being a new mom or parents aging, a trauma or something that I feel like sometimes we write books to teach ourselves a lesson or explore something that we need to settle in our own lives. And so I think something like that now, obviously, that might be more of an emotional ride (laughs) than you're willing to sign up for. But if there is a story idea that you have that would work really well with something like that, that you would be willing and think would be beneficial to dig deep into that could help guide you down the right story idea as well. But aside from just ideas, do you have any thoughts on exercises that might help a person pick a story idea? Mm, Yeah, so I recently pitched my agent a few book ideas as far as what my next book should be. So what I did is she asked for pitches, and I gave her a weird mashup between a query and a synopsis. So those two horrific things to write, Mm -hmm. I decided to do a weird Frankenstein version And I am a pantser, which I know I've said on this podcast before. So this was probably the most outlining I've ever done for any of my stories. I would say they're about a page, these like pitches. And I wrote down three of them. And just getting the idea out in more concrete, like long form really helped. Because when it was just, I had written down the sentence blurbs of them, There was one that I was sort of leaning towards, but when I was doing these query synopsis things and I was writing out more of like character motivation and like some of the other like conflicts and atmosphere things, one of the other ideas totally just won me over that I wasn't actually expecting. And now that's the one I'm hoping my agent picks. (laughs) So we'll see. So yeah. So if you don't have anything sticking out at you, maybe start with writing a one sentence pitch for each and then don't give up on any of them, but expand them all into a query letter and then expand them all into a page of outline or synopsis and see if one is a clear winner. Yeah. And for me, it was easy because I only had three. So I was able to like Mm -hmm. do all those steps with just three. But if you're starting out with, say, 10 ideas, maybe kind of Pair down as Pair you go. down as you go. Yeah. 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 And then also to go along with that tip, 
say you do that exercise and you're still waffling between a couple or a few ideas, I would say go ahead and write the first chapter of like maybe your top two or top three and just kind of see how it feels to you. Because I think that sometimes when we actually get into the story and like the novel writing itself, sometimes a voice will just kind of like sweep you off your feet as you're writing or a character or a setting that you came up with. And I think, you know, once you finish chapter one, whichever story is like pulling you to like go into chapter two, that's the one you should go with. Right. I like that. So something else to keep in mind as far as when you're narrowing down ideas is to just kind of be practical about how much time you have to write in the next, I would say, like year. Like I think a year is a good amount of time that people usually Unless you're doing it now and you're doing it all in November. And then you do it all in November. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's true. So yeah, so just look and if you have a busy year coming up or like maybe you have what you think is going to be a quieter year coming up and you have a couple ideas. I know at least for me, this has been true where some novels have just like come out of me like fully formed and they were like so easy to write and wasn't painful to get through them. And then other novels, which again, I still really loved and loved the characters and everything, but it was like, it was a struggle getting every word out because it was just... I don't even know if I can describe like why it was a struggle, but some stories just come more naturally and some don't. So if you do have a busy year coming up, like maybe you choose the idea that you feel would be quickest and easiest to get on the page. So that way, you know, at the end of the year, you actually have a finished novel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that happen to you where you have some novels that are just fully formed in your mind and easy to write and then others that are harder. Yes, I think usually that comes more for me in the revision stage. Like I think my first drafts are for the most part roughly the same, but then looking at them during revision, sometimes I'm like, oh, there's a lot that I need to do with this that changes a lot of things. It's not just your standard revision. And there are some that I guess you could say they were put on the page more fully formed that don't need as much revisions. So those harder to revise stories, sometimes I'll put them aside for longer because going into revisions, I'm expecting that to have to take as much time as writing the whole book. My next tip is probably an unpopular opinion, but if you have a bunch of ideas and one is more marketable or not even necessarily high concept, but I don't know how else to describe it. Maybe easier to sell as in easier to distill into a hook or has a larger reader base. Yeah. Something like that. I mean. Yes. So if it has all of the above and then say you have another idea that's either like a quieter story or, you know, might not appeal to as many readers or something like that. My advice would maybe to write the more marketable one. Especially if you're querying, because it's going to give you an easier shot at, uh, well, or if you're debuting. I believe, because I can't do it myself, but I believe that you just need to write what you're going to write and not write to market exactly. But if you have an idea that you're excited about that is to market, the more of those you can get out in the world before you write your quieter stories that are still important to you, 
the more people you will have to look at those quieter stories. So if you're you know, trying to build a career and you're starting with quieter stories and that's all you're going to write, that's great. You'll find your people. But if you have both, you know, you have more leeway when you have put a few books out there, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I believe you should love all of the books that you're writing. So I'm not talking about just doing something because you want to write a big splashy book or whatever, and there's no heart in it. I think that truly shows up on the page. If an author is not in love with their story, it can read as being flat. But just kind of the example I'll give for this is I wrote what they think. I feel like there's a lot of advice that is like, write the book of your heart. So I, you know, quote unquote, did that. And it was very quirky. And I loved it. And I had the worst time querying that more than any other novel I had queried before that. Like no one wanted to go anywhere near it. So I was very upset because I felt like I had followed the advice. And I was like, you know what? I've just had this like super villain idea for a long time. And it's definitely the hookiest idea I've ever had. And I'm just going to do it. And then that's the book that got me the agent. So that's kind of why I give that advice is sometimes, you know, you just need to write the thing that's going to get you the agent or get you the sale. And also like the goal of books and bookstore is to sell and Mm -hmm. make money. Like they are products as much as sometimes we like to Mm -hmm. not look at them like that. As much as they are products. Yes. So yeah. And then my last advice for um, how to narrow down ideas is don't be afraid to pivot. So if you do narrow down your idea to what you think you want to write and you get say five chapters in and you're just not feeling it switch to your other idea that was kind of, you know, the top contender. Obviously, we don't want you to fall trapped to the, you know, shiny new idea syndrome, which I think happens to all of us from time to time. Because a finished novels better than five started and stopped novels. But don't force an idea if it's not like if you thought it was going to work, and you're not ready. You know, we had a whole episode on when to revise and when to quit and a lot about you know, pausing stories because it's not quite there yet or your craft isn't there yet. So yeah, so just don't be afraid to pivot if you narrow down an idea and then realize it was maybe not the right one at this time. And if you listen to this and you're like, well, I have zero ideas. I don't know what I'm going to write for NaNoWriMo. Join us next week because we will be discussing how to get ideas for a book if you're interested in writing a book and you don't know what to write about. Yep. Join us next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of a novel ending podcast. If you're a fan of the show, please help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review and by sharing this episode with your community. And make sure to check out our website, anovelending.com, to learn more about what other services we offer. Happy revising!